Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Our first victory Thursday in a while. Holly, how we doing, man? Whew, it's a it's a crazy day, you know. We we've got the uh, the the exciting win the Ravens had, and I say that with some uh, sarcasm. Um, then we had uh, after you know the longest wait ever to finally play. You know, I feel like. And then, uh, you know, we have exciting news today. I know I talk about The Mandalorian all the time, but holy crap, crazy Star Wars shows everywhere. And and when you're listening to this, I'm sure they're crazy Marvel shows. They haven't announced them yet as we're recording this. But holy crap, Disney Plus, sign up. I should be a shill or I am a shill. I wish they would pay me. Disney, give me some money for some free advertising. Anyway. And then what now, we have this amazing game on Sunday that I'm also saying with a little bit of sarcasm because I, I have the bad Tuesday. omens that I'm feeling. Or that's true. So, or Monday night or whatever. Is it Tuesday, Tuesday night? Tuesday. Or wait, which game are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about the Browns coming up. Okay, that's Monday night. Yeah, that's Monday night. I know we played last Tuesday. Yeah. We're yeah. all discombobulated, folks. It's 2020. And and nobody knows what day it is, what time it is. There's suddenly Star Wars is everywhere. And, uh, you know, everyone's ready for 2021. Clean slate. Let's talk about this game against the Dallas Cowboys, TK. Yeah, I, I want to ask you how, you know, we've gotten your feelings on Sunday night football and Monday night football and Thursday night football. We talked a little bit about Wednesday afternoon football last week. What's your review on Tuesday night football? You know, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, it, it, normally I would hate it. You know, just like I, 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 I don't have – I have strong feelings against Monday night football, as you know. And with this craziness that's going on, I'm just happy to play. I mean, I think it's hard for me to <laughs> – you know what I mean? It's like you mm-hmm. get to a certain point, you're just like, okay, well, finally there's a game. I mean – um. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely am I'm glad to just be happy about hating just regular old Monday night football. Yeah, it was weird. I like it felt like forever to wait yeah. uh, to get to this game. But and then we almost know. thought it might get canceled after Des Bryant gets tested positive before the game. Yeah, crazy. that whole situation was crazy because he was on the field uh, warming up. And then shortly and hug after, guys and stuff, right? Yep, right yep, yep. Uh, Ryan Mink of the of the Ravens um, media sent out a tweet with a picture of Des Bryant saying hi to hi to guys on the Cowboys. Then Bryant gets called in, test positive. Mink deletes said tweet. Uh, but I didn't. Been, I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He the drama it. with the the internal Ravens media team, media staff, even yeah, though I technically mean, they're, you know, they're supposed to be, you know, nonpartisan or whatever. But, you know, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, didn't realize yeah, so that he, I mean, there was, yeah, there was no way for him to know. I'm not sure what, I mean, I guess he just deleted it because he felt weird about it, but. There's no well, way for I'm him sure. to know that. I don't blame him. I would have um, done the same thing. I mean, I say that. I would have done the exact same thing he did. Hopefully, And hopefully he doesn't get in trouble for it because there's no, no way he should have known any, any other. Yeah, I, anyway. I don't think he will. But now the further development today is Des tested negative two times in a row, which is generally the NFL signal that, uh, you know, this player is, is no longer has COVID. And he was still put on the COVID list today. So very, very strange situation going on with Des Bryant. He was obviously very uh, upset about not being able to play his former team. He was tweeting out um, that he wasn't going to play anymore, but it seems like that is no longer the case, uh, that he does want to come back. Uh, I thought the funniest thing was the last few minutes before the game started, uh, as they were, t- as Fox was talking about um, – Des not playing, they ran like a several minute long Des Bryant special about uh, how he was looking forward to playing against the former <laughs> team. So I mean, everybody was everybody was all over the place. Nobody knew oh, yeah. what was going on. 
uh, even Lamar Jackson said that, uh, yeah, we only had four wide receivers out there, and we were looking for Des Bryant and had no idea where he was. So that's that's Good a nice Lord. surprise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very strange situation. It, it's it seems as though the Ravens have continued to test negative uh, after that. So it doesn't look like there's going to be another outbreak on the team. But of course, uh, it does take a few days uh, for the virus to incubate and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, we're not not out of the water yet uh, on that front, but. Certainly yeah, not, strange but this situation. whole business, man, this is just stupid. I mean, you know, and look, I, I, I am all about wear your mask and, and all that stuff, so I don't want this to be misconstrued in any other way. But, I, I mean, just how stupid does this look? I mean, it just looks dumb. It's like, does this test really work? Like, you know, I, it just makes mm-hmm. you question a lot of stuff. I, I just think it's crazy. Yeah, because like if you're looking at this game and one of the players tests positive half an hour before the game and, you know, there's a question of a false positive, whatever the case might be. But the thing is that there was a positive test. Mm -hmm. You have no idea if there's other false negatives out there for the rest of the team, because theoretically he's in he's like practicing and, you know, around his teammates in the locker room. He was warming Mm -hmm. up and. Saying so, like he could have spread it to other people, and you have no idea, and then you still go out and play the game. I mean, that's kind of just throwing player safety to the wind. Yeah, uh, I don't I understand I don't that get the game that is, at all. Yeah, I really so, don't. So I I was really open or or not eliminating the idea that the game might not be played, and they would oh, just yeah. cancel it right there and right then and there. But the NFL is the NFL. Game needs to be played. They need their revenue. Uh, I mean, to me, he just contaminated the locker room. Right, like, right. That's that's the concern. What? Yeah. How? So I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, get it. If everybody I, tests I mean, negative. The fact that people are playing against other players that have it, but nobody's concerned. And I'm like, wait, what? It's it's the whole thing's weird. I don't understand it. I don't. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I guess I shouldn't. Thank God they're out there. It just it's it's crazy to me. It it was it was strange. I and I guess I don't I know. Mean, thank God they're playing. Thank thank you know. Uh, and hopefully everybody continues to be relatively safe even when they're getting it and all that business. But you know, it's just. It it does certainly you you said it well. It does seem like they're they're taking you know or throwing caution to the wind with player safety. Yeah, uh, so that was confusing to me. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's enough COVID talk uh, for this. Let's let's sure get in get into yeah, some of the COVID, action on the Star field. Wars. We're talking about all sorts of ridiculous stuff except for the game. All right. Well, let's get to it. The Ravens defeat the Dallas Cowboys 34-17. to That was one point off of my prediction from last week. I said 33-17. No uh, strategist. I know. I, I, was, I was right there. So, uh, you know, kind of a strange game. Again, you know, dominant-looking score, but maybe it didn't feel that way for, for a lot of the game. Um, Let's let's get back into our usual format, which we haven't done following the Ravens' losses. But uh, let's get back to talking offense, defense, special teams. We'll hand out game ball. Um, we'll talk about our pop of the week. And then look forward to Monday Night Football at the Cleveland Browns, the 9-3 and three Cleveland Browns. And we'll, we'll talk about our bulletin board material and our overreaction of the week. So... Let's get into the offense. Uh, the ground game was on fire all night. I'm not sure what the Cowboys were thinking on defense, but uh, pretty effective on the ground all night. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, I, I'm going to get overly negative at, at some point in this podcast, but but I'll be honest with you, that was definitely a positive. You know, seeing, of course, I mean Lamar Jackson anytime he's running for, you know, 90 plus yards. Uh, you know it's a good day. I mean, he is he is just electric. Um, seeing him, uh, you know, get that involved and, and seemingly getting excited and having fun playing football, that was fun to see. I don't think we've seen that Lamar yet this season. You know, maybe that's what was missing, is Lamar, for whatever reason, was 
pressing or, or not having as much fun as he seemed to be having after missing that week from COVID. Um, you know, and of course we've got JK Dobbins and, and, uh, Gus the bus, you know, doing their thing. And, and quite frankly, even, even Mark Ingram, you know, he only had six carries for 28 yards, but he had some real nice runs in there. Um, so it was, it was overall a really nice day for the running game for the Ravens. Yes, for sure. And you got into my overreaction of the week, um, a little bit earlier than I thought, but I'm glad you said it. Lamar's back, baby. He's, he's back to having fun. You saw him popping up after runs, you know, a little bit more of a pep in his step, uh, even in the press conferences from today and yesterday, just a lot more energy, a lot more enthusiasm. Um, he's back. And, and of course, he missed some throws, and, and that's going to happen with him. But overall, I thought he played really well. And, uh, you know, I think he's ready to rock for, for the stretch run here. Um, the Cowboys had no idea what they were doing on some of these uh, option or, or some of these read plays that the Ravens were running. You know, on Lamar's touchdown run, fourth and two, you had their middle line linebacker, Leighton Vanderesh, just running the complete wrong way, uh, chasing Dobbins. And then, you know, Lamar zips right by him up the middle. Uh, it just seemed like their fits were just not, uh, they were not in a position or, you know, who knows what it, what it was, but they were just not in a position to defend the running game uh, as soon as their defenders had. Sucks. I mean, let's yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, you had to like force them to make a couple decisions and then, you know, something was going to break down. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, outside you know, of a few players like, like Jalen Smith, I mean, there's no one on that team that that we would want on the Ravens. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, he had a, he had a decent night, but even him, you know, you saw him get confused a little bit on some of the read plays. Um, I, I put out a video on Twitter uh, about the Miles Boykin touchdown, which is on a really nice play action play, but you can see that uh, they were so heavily keyed in on the, the run. The Baldy breakdown. We need to come up with a good, uh, good uh, uh, a tagline. For you, yeah, for your ball yeah. breakdown. All right, I'll get on that. I'll, I'll have one ready for next week. But yeah, uh, you can see how how much the play action influenced those defenders on on that particular play, and and of course on other plays as well. Um, they were just not ready to go. They're not a good defense, which is weird because in the past couple seasons they've been extremely good on defense, um, and you know they just have injuries and all that kind of stuff, but. You know, the Ravens were able to take advantage. Uh, they put up almost 300 yards on the ground, you know, just over 100 yards in the air, but they didn't really need to do much more than that. So, um, yeah, I, I was pretty impressed with the offense. The, the offensive line, this this new kind of makeshift line, seems to be settling in a little bit. I was, I was pretty pleased with their play overall, um, maybe with the exception of the right tackles, but we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. But um, overall, I, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, it, it's okay. I mean, you, you talk about the right tackles. I mean, let's talk about it now. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I, I'm ready to talk. What are we doing? If, if Fluker isn't healthy enough to be able to last throughout the game and neither is Phillips, is that what's going on right now? And we're just like, well, if we limit their snaps, maybe they'll be okay as – one combined right tackle that makes no sense to me man is that really what we're doing i i don't think so i think they're just straight up rotating drives because if if there was an injury concern you would expect at some point like one of them would hop in for the other one in the middle of a drive but the the well, snap what counts I mean were pretty they're clean trying to like keep they're trying to like manage two guys that are are china yeah evidently. right and and that's why they're rotating does yeah, that mean, is that what we're looking at right now? No, I, I I don't think that's it. I think they're just trying to figure out who's better, and uh, nobody's really it's the whole the situation spot. is a debacle. I mean, obviously, look, it's I mean, I say that it's not a debacle of the front office is doing. I mean, it sucks that Ronnie Stanley got hurt. You know, we shouldn't be in this situation, but oh, that's not a positive situation to be in at all. <laughs> yeah, but but maybe. Uh, you know, maybe the thing that the front office didn't see coming is that uh, Will Holden, the, the practice squad tackle, was just claimed or signed by the Colts. So he's no longer. Oh, wow. 
so yeah so if one one more injury things are getting really dicey and we don't Man. really have him to bank on either no that's so that that might have been an oversight yeah that might have yeah, been an oversight you know it, you know you can say what you want about a, a practice squad tackle although you, you know, love been on you several love teams Harry moving over to right tackle you're all for it so i mean let's go I, right I'm okay with it. Uh, act, activate, activate TCC to play center. Let's go. Get McCary over there. Help him out a little bit with some tight ends. Go jumbo with Skur out there. You know they they were doing that a little bit. They had Skur out there a little bit on the jumbo packages, um, which has been interesting. Uh, I, I kind of like that as a look. Still getting him out on the field. Uh, he was sure, out there for absolutely. seven snaps. So I have no problem with him playing guard. Quite frankly. Um, yeah. if he can, if he can be a positive at either right guard or left guard, for some reason, if Bozeman can't play, you know, I mean, I, my issues mainly with, with Skurro were at center, both from a snapping perspective and just the anchor perspective, it could be mm. a totally different, different, uh, situation at, at guard for him, you know? So, you know, a little relaxed mentally and maybe he's, he's a little bit better. So I, I, I agree. I like getting him back up. Yeah, the uh, I'm glad you brought up the guards too because I am pretty high on on how Bozeman and Powers are playing. Yeah. Bozeman has been uh, pulling quite effectively, and Powers has really settled into that right guard spot. I feel um, I, I'm pretty comfortable with with what they're putting out there as guards. You know, OBJ continues to uh, impress at left tackle, both in pass pro and you know in the run game. Man's making himself pull. some money. Yeah, making yeah, I mean, himself some to do money. It. Every week he continues to do it. So it wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't surprise me if someone came after us or came came to us with big money picks for him as a left tackle. And I don't mean like two first round picks or something, but I could see a second round pick or something like that. Somebody coming up with a pretty decent draft pick, saying, "Okay, you've got Ronnie Stanley coming back. We want." We want Orlando Brown. Would we do something? I mean, we'd have to get a pretty awesome pick. I don't know what that is. You'd probably no, want a first I, rounder. I don't think you do because if his, the end of his contract lines up with the end of Lamar's contract, I believe. Mm-hmm. Maybe it once it's one year off. So I think you really go for it in in that rookie quarterback contract. Um, sure, that makes sense. So when when you have a guy that's that good, I don't think you get yeah. rid of him, especially on the offensive line. And where, I'm just uh, thinking about how you know. We only have so much more that if we were, I mean, I'm not advocating this. I'm, I'm just bringing it up as a devil's advocate. We only have so much time that we could cash in were we to trade a guy like Orlando Brown. Now, granted, he's a guy that we would want to sign long term. You think about his ties to the team, his ties to the area, everything about his play. I mean, you know, it's it, in some respects. I mean, I'm I'm happy for Ronnie Stanley, but it's a it's almost a shame for the team that they did sign him right before he got hurt. Because I'll tell you what, right now, if if he hadn't, they'd be have a lot of questions about what they want, who they wanted to give big money to on that offensive line. Yeah, sure. It, it's going to be hard to it fit that under the salary cap too, because like you said, yeah, he's he's getting more expensive every week because of how well he's playing so it'll be interesting to see how they juggle that it sucks to trade him about that you know what i mean yeah it sucks yeah it does it does but i I don't think budgets and sports close (laughs) yeah make it like make it like baseball but uh i don't know if we want that that's ridiculous too yeah yeah um let's see uh touchdown boykin very nice play there uh, Absolutely good for him. I was I was a bit harsh as I watched it, but I mean I, I I was overall not happy with the wide receivers at all. I mean it was I was really disappointed Des didn't get to play. Obviously that's no fault of anyone's. But yeah, that's this would have been such a great game for him to really get his feet wet in the offense and get some con- considerable snaps, maybe not the whole game, but at least enough where you can really judge his impact to our offense and whether he is really back. Because the little bit we have seen him on the field, he did look like a player that 
could make a big difference. I mean, and this is complete hyperbole, but, you know, you, you look at, just throwing this out there, you look at things that would have to happen to make the Ravens a playoff team. Or not, not, not a playoff team, but a, a, a team that's going to make a run in the playoffs. Thinking back to 2012 when, you know, you move Mount McKinney to left tackle and, and Michael Orr to right tackle, and that changed everything yep. suddenly about the offense. You get, give Lamar a Des Bryant, De, you know, peak, Peak level Des Bryant for a quarter of a game. That could be huge for this team. Like, and, and I'm trying to say a quarter of a game because, let's face it, with his age, I don't know that we can really count on that. But, hey, maybe even in the playoffs, just saying, okay, just for the playoffs, if he can just turn it on and be Des Bryant for a few games, holy crap. Like. You know, but unfortunately, that first step to that seeing that happen wasn't able to happen because of this COVID mess. But that's that was a big disappointment for me, not getting a chance to see him a bit more incorporated in the offense. You know, to me, another dull day for Marquise. I mean, look, that that touchdown pass from him or from Lamar to to Brown was fucking awesome. Excuse my French, but I mean that was that was just a beauty. But outside of that, I'm just you know, I, I'm just stuck on who who we should should have drafted at this point. And <laughs> I I am hopefully at some point gonna feel better about it, but there's nobody on our wide receiver team that that or wide receiver group that I'm happy about. I mean, Duvernay, I don't know how we're using him. I think it's ridiculous. And quite frankly, I think the way we use Brown is stupid a lot, but I still don't. I mean, the fact that we have a, a, a glorified slot guy as our number one receiver is ridiculous. Um, so I just, as much as I was happy about the running game, come on. I mean, we're playing the Cowboys. Like, I know we're going to, I know we can run all over them. Show me, show me something in the passing game. Show me something. Like, and okay, we did get that beautiful pass from Lamar. But other than that, none of the receivers stepped up against a crap, crap Dallas offense. So you're, or defense rather. And you're telling me that, okay, suddenly we're going to be able to compete against um, really good teams because we suddenly have Willie Sneed and Mark Andrews. Okay, Mark Andrews, I'll give you that, maybe. But come on. I, I don't know. I call it my overreaction of the week, all of my negativity, but I was, I was not happy with that aspect of our offense in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, and of course, like against the defense, like the Cowboys, you'd like to see them light it up even more than they did. But um, I just don't think that was in the game plan. I think they knew that keeping it on the ground was the way to go. And, and you know, I, I know that's not exactly what you're saying. But, yeah, like that, that first interception, um, I guess the only interception that, that Lamar threw, you got to think that you know, a guy like A.J. Brown <laughs> makes that catch, Oh, my right? God, man. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. I was like, Which is a shame because you're not wrong. Number one wide receiver, wingspan and size, and they catch that ball in stride, get some yards behind it. And it's like, what the F? We've got Mr. Midget who barely even tried to catch the ball. And he could have caught it, but he didn't really even try. He, like, just sort of reaches his one hand up. What? Like, just try to catch the ball two-handed. I mean, I I don't know, man. I, I'm not trying to be overly critical of the guy. I know it's, it's, it's approaching that point. But what the hell, man? He was our first round pick, and he sucks. 
I, I'm not going to go that far. I don't think he sucks. Um, he doesn't suck, but he's, but, he's uh, a second wide receiver. He is not a one. He's not the best wide receiver by far in that draft class. Yes, I, I will agree with you. By there. far, he's, he's not gonna. I don't think he'll he'll be a guy that's a number one for any team in the NFL. I do agree that, that you know and laugh at us. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame, but I, you know, it, he does do some nice things out of the slot, which is which is good, and that might be where he fits the best. But great, um, you got a spot. Yeah, Great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Great use of that first wide receiver on the board or off the board pick. Sorry, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> it's all right. It, it's it, it's all right. It, and it, you're you're gonna keep having that feeling for until we get a good number yeah, receiver. It's gonna go for a while until he starts to produce and 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 throws it back in my face. Okay, so on the Holly meter, he's still uh he's still Marquise, not not. Holly oh, Holly. very much Marquise. Okay. Or that guy Brown. Okay. Yeah, like that Brown guy. Okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think if it's you know, Brown two straight weeks with down. a touchdown. You know how I feel nice. about that. <laughs> oh my. Anyway, enough of that. Two straight two straight weeks with a touchdown for him though. Uh, I thought that play was really nice. Uh, good recognition by him. Uh, it was. You know, he, tra- I mean, he tracked the ball great. very well. Something a deep threat should do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, something that we always give him credit for is tracking the ball, and, and I think he did a good job of that again, got two feet down. Um, let's see. What are, what are some other things that were good on the offense? I thought Pat Ricard looked pretty good in his return, uh, both blocking and uh, receiving. Uh, he, he looked to be fast and strong and, and didn't really show any lingering signs of the, uh, of the coronavirus, which is good. Um, let's see. What else do I have here? Luke Wilson with a uh, big catch. is one yeah. catch for 12 yards. It was a nice. Yeah, that was nice. Nice you know, to see surprising, him Surprising and then, play. And then he drew, Dude he needs drew to that. cut his hair, though. I have to admit, like, I'm, I know I'm, I, I, like, for the, I know this isn't, this isn't a uh, video podcast, so you guys can't see us here, but I'm like, I know I'm Mr. Bald Guy who, like, shaves his head and all that stuff, but dude, like, his hair is stupid long. Like, why would you have that playing football? I mean, I thought the same thing about Troy Polamalu. Like, and I, same thing about freaking Derrick Henry with his, I don't even want to describe what I think his hair looks like. But, you know, I, it's like, why would you leave something for someone to grab onto and pull you down? I don't, and, and quite frankly, I don't understand why more defenders don't do that. It's totally illegal. I don't care yeah. if it's, and I don't care if it's like the man code or whatever. Screw that. If you're stupid enough to have that hair, well, sorry, bud. I, I'm getting paid millions of dollars to take you down. You know? I is that wrong? No, if you remember, uh Tori Smith got taken down by his hair yeah. a few times. Um it's definitely happened to several yeah, guys it absolutely over the years. I'm, I'm shocked it doesn't happen more. With as much as we do see guys with long hair like that. And especially a guy like Derrick Henry. I mean, you'd think like there'd be, quite frankly, I'm shocked there's not a clip of him dragging someone along holding. By his hair. Yeah, right? Like, (laughs) holy crap. Um, But anyway, enough of that. Yep. Let's see. I will say this. It I was think good to see Anthony Aver back. I mean, I don't think our defense played particularly well, but let's get let's get guys back and, and healthy. So it was good to see him back on the field. Yeah, let's flip it over to the defense. Um, some good, some bad on that side. They gave up almost 400 yards uh, to, to Andy Dalton. Uh, like we said, they do have some good weapons over there. CeeDee Lamb is, is sure. you know, pretty, pretty unbelievable. Yeah, their wide receivers are really good. He is. He's excellent, CD Lamb. Yeah. I'll tell you what. And Gallup yeah. was good. I mean, they they have a pretty good wide receiver. I mean, shoot, Amari Cooper. I mean, crap. Yeah, yeah. So they, they were able to put up some yards for sure, but yards doesn't always translate to points uh, because the what did they miss? Three field goals, three two long ones, two over over fifty yards. Yeah, and they had one three that field was goals in the 40s. And, and and a touchdown at the end of the half that could have easily been been there 
Yeah. So, so let's talk about the defense. What happened? What's, what's going on here? Why, why were the uh, Cowboys able to move the ball seemingly so easily? I don't know. There was no pass rush, man. There was no pass rush. I felt like all game. Um, I'm a little concerned with our big trade acquisition. I expected a little bit more impact than we've seen uh, on a game to game basis. I know that, I know that it's harder in the NFL to to make that impact than you know, like in baseball or or basketball, you know, because it's more of a individual sport in some respects. But you know, I, I'm I'm surprised because he's just that pass rusher that we haven't seen, you know, a stretch of plays yet in any of the games where you've gone, oh, Yannick Ngakwe, you know, where he's had. Know, a sack and then you know you're just seeing the the pressure where he's just eating somebody apart for a little bit we haven't seen any real I mean we've we seen some plays where it's like oh yeah he was getting close there but nothing that I've I've looked at to go oh yeah this is what we traded for am I wrong to say that um no and and he and the pass rush got hot late is is yeah. how i feel i think that uh Dalton jihad ward and, and got that sack late yep yep so they, they heated up later on i think uh early on when when it was still a close game the cowboys were kind of using that Steelers formula of like the sh- short get the ball out quick timing anticipation rhythm kind of throws um so the passers didn't really have a chance uh is what i kind of sense you know they were just getting the ball out so fast and you know the the offensive line as battered as they are was doing yeah. enough uh for for Dalton to get the ball out um but like I said I, I do feel like they heated up a little bit at the, what is that verb what is the past tense of, I know right, that's well, they, what the Brits say I and mean, it sounds weird but that's what the Brits say honestly they say hotted up which I think sounds weird but that's what they say all the time no, I'm not saying that. They got hot no. late. Uh, yeah, and, and you, did, you did see a lot of instances with Ngakwe getting close. You know, he was maybe not even causing a hurry or, or you know, causing a, a slight hurry, but no, like, devastating pressure for, from yeah. anybody. You know, like, game-breaking, offense-ruining pressure. And um, I guess... That's that's a lot to expect, but against a, a, a like I said, a battered offensive line, and you know that they're going to have to be throwing the ball to work their way back into the game. You would hope that there would be a little bit more there, but they did get hot late, um, and they did add some pressure late. It's, uh, it was just surprising to not see that present uh, early on in the game, and, and I'll give uh, Andy Dalton some credit on that and the offensive line some credit on that. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, only one sack um, – Five quarterback hits, you know, n- not really that much uh, going on there. And, and you know, that may be a concern with, with the uh, the Cleveland Browns coming up next week. You know, they have some injuries along the, the offensive line, but they're they're really good up front. And, and that's been a really big key to their success. So um, going to have to find a way to dial up some pressure against them, uh, I feel. Yeah, it, it it's got to happen. I mean, I, I, you know, look, I, it's not like Andy Dalton dominated us, dominated us or anything like that. So I don't want to overstate <laughs> this, but he didn't have a bad game. Nope. And you start looking, okay, just add those nine points back onto this. You know, thirty four twenty six. That's a lot of points to be given up to the Dallas Cowboys. Add in at the end of the half the Hail Mary that was a hairline away from C.D. Lamb getting his hands on. And suddenly it's 34-33? Like, that game could have been a whole lot closer without changing a whole lot. So as much as I want to sit here and be happy the the Ravens won the game, and look, they were the better team and and all of that. Obviously, they won the game. But it wasn't – it was a whole lot closer than the score looked 
And it wasn't in such a fashion that made me real confident going into Cleveland's game, into this game against Cleveland. I I hear you. I hear you. It, you know, despite the big win, despite feeling good about it, you know, maybe a little bit of concern there. But of the 17 points the Ravens did allow, the first 10 were after the interception and then the touchdown after the really long special teams play, uh, the, the kickoff return. Mm-hmm. So 10 of those points, uh, you know, the defense was put in a tough spot. And, uh, you know, well, I'll give you know, you not that, to make an guess, excuse, but yeah, yeah, I, a little I bit of context I'm, I'm around not it. Not necessarily, and I don't mean to talk over you there. I, I don't, and, and look, I, I'm not trying to get on the defense because it, in a lot of respects, this, this was a group that's coming back from the COVID layoff. You know, I mean, Campbell was getting his first snaps in a long while and he looked like it. Um, you know, there were several players that were just getting back for several reasons. And, you know, that's it. I, I think some of that is to be expected. So I'm not trying to be too alarmist here. I, I guess it's really because it, it's not just about the defense. It's the overall play. You know, it's the fact that. I'm trying to say this just because I have my thing against Brown, but it's the, the whole lack of the, you know, effort on the play that causes the touchdown or causes the interception which then leads the points for the other team you know it's the the special teams play that doesn't happen that leads to the long play that leads to the touchdown and we're lucky that dallas was crappy so we could overcome that when those kind of things happen against good teams we will lose those games so I guess I guess that's what I'm trying to say. The good teams would have probably scored another touchdown along the way, and they certainly would have made the kicks the Cowboys should have made. So that makes that game a whole lot closer, and I don't think we played all that well that we would have won in the end if it was a better team. So I just – I look, I – there are a lot of things I still like about this team. There are a lot of positives to the future. I think in the end, I just have a lot of questions about whether our depth is going to be able to overcome some of these injuries that we've we've uh, experienced throughout the season. That's all valid. I, I uh, yeah, that's all valid. I mean, it it wasn't the perfect performance by far. Um, it was it was good enough to win. It was good good enough to to beat a pretty bad team. But like you said, uh, if the Cowboys were able to capitalize a little bit more, then uh, you know it's a very different game. Um, you mentioned Clay's Campbell uh, didn't look a hundred percent to me. I think he's still working his way back. Uh, Brandon Williams, I was pretty impressed by him. You know, not just Agreed. as a run stuffer, but he also. Uh, provided a presence in the pass rush, uh, which we didn't really aren't really accustomed to seeing out of him. And he he got his hand up uh, to bat up that pass that Patrick Green intercepted. So it was good to see him get involved in the passing in the pass defense as well. And it's just good to have him back in general because I think the defense is uh, it does improve while he's out there. It's nice to have Clay's Campbell back just for some some uh, for some for some depth and some experience. But uh, you see that Justin Ellis continues to get quite a few snaps. I mean, he got he got over 30 percent of the snaps, uh, which doesn't really happen for him when when both of those two big guys are, are healthy. So uh, that's just a, a sign that, you know, they're not 100 percent yet, but it, it's definitely nice to have them back up front. And of course, Derek Wolf, you know, continues to play oh. really, really good football. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's it, been I really good about it. It's a damn shame that we really haven't had fans at the game this season because you know people would be loving that with mm-hmm. with the kind of season he's had especially like this last game against the Cowboys he was tremendous I mean he has been tremendous all season he has been a rock for that defense and uh never more than Sunday or excuse me Tuesday whatever it is but whenever it is <laughs> yeah whatever, whatever day it is um yeah yeah, he's he's been awesome, and especially with Campbell and, and Williams out, he really earned his money. And now that they're back, uh, you know, I think he's going to be even better. So, uh, 
yeah, it's just really nice to have a guy like him around. Um, the secondary, you know, the corners seem to be a little bit on their heels against a good receiving core. A lot of a lot of not so contested catches by the talented receiving core that the Cowboys have, but um, you know that's going to have to change pretty quick because you know turn around even without. Odell Beckham Jr. The Browns have a pretty talented core of receivers over there. They have the tight ends, so uh, you know Marcus Peters seems to be a little bit hobbled. He's he's past two games. He's you know had some issues with the with the ankles and the feet and knees and that kind of stuff. So you know hopefully he's healthy. Jimmy Smith, uh, not having him 100% definitely you know makes a difference. But like you said, Anthony Averett comes back. You get a little dip, a little bit of depth there. Uh, Defonte Harris, I thought was pretty decent again. So, um, you know, maybe just got to tighten things up a little bit. Yeah, I think sometimes with our with our secondary, we we may also get a little bit of a play down to the competition situation where they, you know, might might let up a little bit because they know that the Ravens should be winning the game. You know, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm creating that. I mean, am I wrong to think that? I mean, think I, I think the Ravens have a problem with that as a whole. Um, but I think it's possible our secondary may have that issue too. Yeah, it was just surprising for them to play so well against the Steelers wide receivers, and you know, be all over yeah, them and agree. not allow any yards after the catch, and then uh, for the Cowboys to come in and you know, kind of tear I mean, them up a little bit. Down game too. I'm not trying to create mm-hmm. some like. Oh, big, big, like, oh, this is an issue or anything like that. But, you know, I, I, it is a shame. They, they did not look great. That is for sure. They're going to have to look better against Cleveland. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of things that you could point out to, to pick at, uh, to be a little picky on. Um, but, you know, overall, I think the, the Ravens did what they needed to do. You know, surprisingly, despite the score and despite uh, putting up almost 300 yards of the ground, the Ravens lost the time of possession battle, uh, which didn't really expect. The, the Cowboys had the ball for almost 30, 32 and a half minutes, and the Ravens had it for uh, 27 and a half. So a little bit of a surprise there. But, uh, you know, I mean, some good things on, on both sides of the ball, some some improvement areas. Uh, for sure, uh, on both sides of the ball. Maybe special teams uh, got a miss out of Justin Tucker, a very rare one, a pretty God, bad jinx what there. what an announcer's jinx. Yeah, that was tough. By that was Joe tough. Buck. I mean, I'm not one that, well, let's face it, I probably do. I'm, I'm the kind of person that, you know, doesn't wear the jersey after a loss to try to, you know, get a win in a different outfit or sit in a different place or watch a different TV. I'm I'm psychotic in that way. So, you know, I don't know that I truly believe in, in the announcer's jinx, but I'll tell you what, if I was actually announcing the game, I would wonder. Does yeah, that make sense? I mean, yeah. How many times have they said that before, though? Yo, he hasn't missed a kick under 40 and oh, 60 I mean, tries. They said that every time yeah, in the time, last 70, you know, you know, whatever, how many attempts it was. So, yeah. You know, yeah. guys miss kicks, even even our Justin yeah. Tucker. Even our, our, um, our Hall of Fame best kicker of all time that is also an opera singer. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing on special teams I wanted to point out was, once again, James Prochet looked very, very confident handling an onside kick. I was pretty impressed by that. You know, that had caused the Falcons some issues earlier on this year. I don't know if you remember that, where they kind of just stared at the ball and uh, – Nobody really knew who, who was going to pick it up, and but uh, Prochet came up and, and made uh, made that catch with the ball spinning on the ground, and uh, I was pretty impressed. That's the second one this year that he's handled uh, pretty hand uh, pretty pretty easily. You know, he's the big thing about Prochet coming out of college. I mean, and if you recall, I for whatever reason fell in love with that, that kid in the draft um, or in the draft process, and mm-hmm. it was his hands. It was, here's this guy that you know if you get it near him, he is going to catch it, and he's not going to drop the ball. And having somebody like that as a returner, you know, in any of that, you know, hands team situation is fantastic. 
I really have the utmost. I, I rarely feel, feel have felt that way over the last several years with Ravens returners. I mean, even Jacoby Jones. I mean, let's face it, that guy could fumble in a second. As great of a returner as he was, he he was a little crazy at times, and you know, holding on to the football. But you know, Prochet, for whatever reason, I I mean, I really feel comfortable anytime he has the ball. Yeah, and I mean, Jacoby Jones, if you remember in the playoffs the year before he came to Baltimore, he was on the Texans, and in the yes. game in Baltimore, he fumbled twice. He muffed a punt, and then he fumbled again on special teams. So it can happen to anybody, and and you know. You know, probability says that one time or the other it'll happen to Brochet, but so far he's been really solid, and I, I'm just pretty impressed by that play on a tough, weird-looking onside kick. So uh, so props to him on that to kind of seal the deal on the game. Um, anything else to say on special teams? Uh, gave up that big return. I was pretty impressed with, uh, with LJ Fort and uh, Christian Welch catching up and making a play. But um, looked like a gap or a lane integrity breakdown there based on what I saw. So uh, hopefully a correctable mistake. Uh, but uh, early on in the game, not really what you love to see when you're a heavy favorite. Hey, can I just say that? This one thing about Christian Welch. I, sure. You know, and, and look, I, I don't mean this at all as an anti-religious statement at all. But dude, the eye black cross on your face, come on. I just think that looks stupid as all crap. Let me just say that right now. Just stop. Please. Just stop. I've been seeing it on more players. I think Tua Tugavailoa used to do it at, at Alabama. I don't know if he's been doing it in Miami. I don't know. I mean, God bless. Haha, <laughs> pun intended. But I think it looks stupid. I That's just don't. Put it. Put the eye black on. Come on. All right. All right. Um. Okay. You want to get to our segments? Sure. Okay. Uh, game ball. Who you got? I'm gonna give it to Derek Wolf. I mean, I thought he was a monster on defense for us, uh, so I'm giving him the ball. <laughs> Deservedly. <laughs> Deservedly. So, uh, I'm gonna go with J.K. Dobbins. You know, didn't lead the team in rushing but i found him to be very effective he had the touchdown run and the nice dance afterwards um so i i just want him to get even more involved than he is uh coming off the coming i, I off really the don't understand it man we've got to get him more involved i i just he will. I know we have i know we have these other running backs and i'm not trying to say that gus shouldn't have the ball or or what have you but god J.K. Dobbins needs to be more of a focus of this offense. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he will be going forward. He, he's he's kind of taken control of that. You know, he had 11 carries versus seven to Edwards and six to Ingram. So it seems like slowly but surely he has taken uh, taken that snap share or, or at least the carries share. And, um, you know, hopefully that is a trend that continues. All right, our pop of the week. Um, you know, I have one here, and I just thought of another one, and and uh, maybe maybe you, you know can what? take I this one. I thought of one as well. Go you for know, it. I, I'm I'm gonna throw this out there. There was a tackle for the loss or for a loss on Ezekiel Elliott by LJ Ford. Uh, yeah, I don't okay. know that it was necessarily a massive pop, but I loved it. So that's gonna be my pop of the week. Okay, cool. Then I have two other ones. Um, one. Was the play right before the Hail Mary, uh, Andy Dalton kind of, uh, the Hail Mary attempt, uh, Andy Dalton kind of rolled out to the left and Chris Board really got a good lick at him. Um, so that was one pop of the week. And then the other one was by Patrick Ricard on a, on a reception. He was getting some yards after the catch and heading out of bounds and a safety, uh, for some reason, decided that he wanted to try to hit Patrick Ricard. But, uh, you know, Pat wasn't really having it, lowered the shoulder, decleated the safety, and, uh, you know, casually strolled out of bounds. So that'll be my two pops of the week. So we got three this week, um, which is always nice to see. One which more, is great because we thought we only had one. Right, right. And then one more. I, I forgot to bring this up on the defense. But after Patrick Queen's interception, he was really aggressive in run support. You know, it seemed like that play kind of set his confidence off, and he was really aggressive 
um, coming up and making some plays on Ezekiel Elliott. And I thought that's where you, you were, you were, you were going to go, but uh, it seemed like that big play really uh, set him off. And, you know, I, I was pretty impressed by the uh, conviction and the, and the, you know, I don't know how else to say, but like the violence in which he was <laughs> defending the run. Well, sometimes with football, that's the best, that's the best descriptive for it. But, uh, you know, it, Patrick Queen continues to impress him week to week. There's no mm-hmm. question. For sure. All right. So let's look forward. Week 14, Monday night football, Cleveland Browns. They're 9-3. and three. They're second in the division. They have a playoff spot. They're two games ahead of the Ravens. They're looking good. They just took it to the Titans. I know that, that score ended up being quite a bit closer than, than it seemed. Uh, they just beat the Titans 41-35. to 35. They put up 41 on, on the Titans, and that's certainly something that the Ravens did not do uh, this year. But they look good. Baker Mayfield's kind of settled in. You know, since Odell Beckham Jr. went out, that offensive line has, has taken it up another notch. Overall, their offense has looked very good. They are a very different team than we saw in week one. Uh, what are some of the things you're keying in on, both on offense and defense? Uh, that we're going to have to see to, to pull out a win here? Uh, just overall, I mean, improved play by Baker Mayfield. You know, I mean, this is just, it's just very much a different team overall on both sides of the ball than what we saw before. It's a playoff team. They're the second best team in the division. And I'm not looking real positive at this game, TK. I just am not. Yeah, it's going to be hard. This is definitely going to be a tough game. Um, They are uh, a very improved team. Stefanski has them playing really well on offense, both running the ball and, like you said, with improved play from Baker Mayfield. Um, He, you know, as much as we talk about Lamar having to lock in on, you know, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews and Willie Sneed, um, Baker Mayfield completed a pass to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different receivers on mm. Sunday. So he's got options. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry had the most receptions. Uh, Rashard Higgins, who they call Hollywood, they call him Hollywood Higgins. So a little, uh, and maybe, maybe, uh, quite possibly that's a deserved nickname. Maybe. Maybe he he had six catches for ninety nine ninety five yards and a touchdown. They have Donovan wow. Jones, production? who's yeah, production have, with the nickname. Wow, that's crazy. Yep, Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, you know he made a big I play in the for, draft. Yep, he had a big play for a touchdown, seventy five yards. So they have some weapons, and they like to use Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt in the passing game as well. So they're a well rounded offense. They can do a little bit of everything. A lot of weapons, um, man. The one of the keys I think is going to be having Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams as close to healthy as possible because everything seems slightly predicated on that run game for the Browns with Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, taking that away a little bit, you know, continue would continue to put some pressure on Baker Mayfield, and then hopefully, um, you know, the pass rushers can take some momentum from late in the game against the Cowboys, against maybe an offensive line with some injuries for the Browns. So, you know, it's going to have to be some ifs and buts and maybes and and uh, hoping guys are healthy kind of deal for the Ravens up front, I think. Look, I think, I think the Ravens need to start looking at every game right now as a must-win game. And for a lot of reasons... This is a must-win game for the Ravens. You know, if you want to prove that you can beat a good team, this is one of the best teams in the AFC right now. As much as I'm trying to hold back vomit in saying that. Um, it's, this is a massive test. This is our last, this is the Ravens' really last big test of the season. Because they may still be able to squeak into the playoffs if they don't beat the Browns. But it's not going to be a real positive look. So, I don't know, man. It's, uh, 
it it feels like a real pivotal game in, in a lot of respects to me. Um, a sort of a make or break game of the season in a lot of respects. Am I overstating it? Uh, well, from a making the playoffs perspective, I think maybe overstating it a little bit uh, because, you know, they're just one game well, out of seven I'm spot. I'm not saying playoffs. I'm saying more, is this really a good team or not? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd love for, you'd love to get a, a win against a good team, and and as as much as we're not accustomed to saying it, the Browns are a good team. You know, their, yeah. their defense is getting better as well. You know, Miles Garrett, um, Larry Ogunjobi, and and Olivier Vernon, who's kind of turned back the clock and is playing some really good football. Um, you know, that's that's an improving defense as well. So you know, pretty good overall. Uh, you know, on both sides of the ball, I think you know we do have. Defense versus defense in this game, you know, the Ravens do have the better defense. The, the Browns, you know, improving as they are, you know, they still do have their struggles over there. They've given up, you know, let me see. Let me get to the right page here. I got a bunch of tabs open. They have a negative uh, point differential. So they've given up 321 points this year, which is quite a lot, which is most of the division, even more than Cincinnati. So, you know, they are still susceptible on that side of the ball. It's just uh, can our offensive line hang in there against a, a pretty yeah, good pass it rush? Yeah, for them to be susceptible, that means our offense needs to uh, produce, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and, and certainly going getting back to your point, uh, it would be nice to get a, a win against a good team. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I made this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Allegory before, but like like the Orioles, they only beat the bad teams, and then they get they get you know, beaten by the good teams, if you're really going to compete and, and you're going to have to go into Pittsburgh and into Kansas City on your way to the Super Bowl, you're going to have to beat good teams before that to, to put yourself in a position and even in the mindset that, you know, yeah, we can actually do this. Um, yeah. You know, so so getting this win would obviously do well for the standings, but also just for the overall mindset and morale in the locker room, I feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, starting I had a point I was going to bring up and now I've lost it okay well I'll come, I'll come up with something continue to continue yeah. I'm sure it'll pop back into my head at some point well, while Go you ahead. think of that I wanted to get to my bulletin board material and, and it's something Absolutely. that we already covered and and I mentioned it before, but I, I wanted to say it again just because we mentioned that pass rush just now. But the right tackle spots really got to get figured out. Um, I don't love the idea of rotating no. offensive linemen because of the continuity and like the the feel that you need at that position. Um, I would I would much prefer one of the guys kind of take over the job um, and and hang on to it rather than continuing with the rotation. It, it just feels like. You know, it, it would be better to have one unit rather than uh, agree. You know, it's a, it's and, a position. It's about timing. There. It's about um, you know everything about that um, position is about rhythm and timing. So we need to have the same guy there if we can help it all game. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think it's I think it's pretty clear in my mind that Tyree Phillips needs to just get that spot until he proves he can't play right tackle. We just need to have him be the right tackle. He played, didn't he not play right tackle in college or was it left tackle in college? Where did he play in college? I think he started at right tackle and then moved to left tackle. And then in the draft process, everybody kind of decided. That Made him a guard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, he has a lot of experience at the tackle position. So while certainly that's not in the NFL, it shouldn't be that hard to, to have him play that or switch to that. You would think. Um, I just see more upside there than continuing to go along with DJ Fluker and his bad back. I just, at this point, I'd rather have some potential upside than the retread with injury issues. Yeah, and I think just from like a, a not just the back, but like a physical ability perspective, you know, Fluker hasn't been a tackle in a long time, and you know, and yeah. to expect him to come out with a bad yeah. back to, uh, 
you know, go up against these pass rushers is I don't think that's very fair to him. No, no to and, and the I offense agree. trying to you operate. Know, he's being he's being put in a terrible spot. I mean, he's 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 really we we brought him in I thought as a right guard, and here we are, mm-hmm. and he's playing significant minutes at right tackle, which I which as you say he's he's miscast at the moment uh, for <laughs> to be nice at that position, and hopefully Phillips can. Hey, you know, I talked earlier trying to trying to sound positive. You know, what are those things that could break right for the Ravens? Let's say the Ravens get some positivity. They're able to beat the Browns. And, and what could they do over those next few games before the playoffs start to really build that run, to get that positivity going? You know, it would be someone like a Tyree Phillips, you know, blossoming some at right tackle, it would be Des Bryant, you know, getting incorporated in the offense and, you know, sort of showing some of that second life, you know, some of those things are going to need to happen. You know, obviously, you know, on defense, it's guys getting healthy and then, you know, seeing Ngakwe actually start to, you know, give us what we thought we were going to be seeing, you know, not that he's been terrible, but, start really getting some flash and some moments of, of, okay, you know, now we have a pass rush. So, I mean, maybe we start to see that more against the Browns. I mean, look, I, I, I don't want to, um, you know, understate the impact of guys being out for COVID and, and all that stuff against the Cowboys. I mean, that, that has to have been an impact. I'm sure there were several people that were, just trying to get back into the flow of things. Um, so hopefully, you know, in this situation where it actually helps us that it was a Monday night football game, because obviously we have that extra day as with, with the Tuesday game and everything that, 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 that gives us, Hey, hopefully, you know what, we're going to come out on Monday night and uh, you know, if it's Brown, let's flush that thing right down. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome to, uh, you know, keep them in their place. Um, okay, do you want to get into a prediction? I think maybe we can look at the uh, standings watch next week uh, after the game. And yeah, yeah. See, what, see all the different we'll, playoffs. We'll, we'll look at we, Steve been... Kornacki and get his, mm-hmm. his uh, you know, mm-hmm. his, his big board analysis next time. Um, you know... This is tough. I, I know I was just getting positive for a minute right there, but I think this is going to be a disappointing game for the Ravens. I think they put up a little bit of a fight, but the, the Browns are going to show their class in the end. And sadly, they're a class above the Ravens right now, uh, just with all the injuries, especially on the offensive line. Um, so I'm going to say Browns 35, uh, Ravens 20. That's fair. Uh, I think we both... Um before the season or maybe maybe it was just me but we we both anticipated a, a loss in this game uh i think that can, i think there's not much right now that that is convincing me otherwise other than lamar is back and if he's back and he's having fun and, and he's he's just playing playing ball again then uh that's a different story so i'm going to predict a win I uh, after after I that like setup, it. I'm gonna predict a win. Um, it's gonna be close. It's gonna be a tooth and nail kind of AFC North game. I'm gonna say um, twenty. It's gonna be weird. Let me see. Twenty six, twenty three, or twenty six, twenty four, something like that. I like you know. Um, I, I was food. I was coming up. I was trying to come up with what what weird number, and I had thirty two to twenty nine in my head. Okay. All right, that's fair. But no, no, that's, that's a lot okay. of points. Yeah, I like I like what you said. I'm, I'm, that's a lot of points. I, I got twenty six, twenty four Ravens. Uh, they okay. they sneak out of there with a win. They moved to eight and five, which puts them in a pretty good spot. Um, and I knew I, I know I wasn't gonna do this, but uh, you know, based on who everybody else is playing ahead of the Ravens, I think eight and five is a pretty good, decent place to be at this point in the season. So, all right, we'll see. It, it, it's gonna be a tough game, you know. All these match predictors. I think the Ravens are, are favored by Vegas right now, but I think they're minus one. 
Um, that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, whatever. yeah. ES, ESPN's match matchup predictor thing has given the Ravens a 66% chance at winning. Uh, it seems a little high to me, but real yeah. high, real yeah. high. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, it, like I said, I think it's going to be a really close back and forth kind of game. But um, yeah, we'll see. If Lamar is as back as I'm hoping, then uh, things things will look pretty good. With that said, if you don't have anything else to add, do you want to? Sign I have us a off? one more, one more random note. Let's um, do it. What do you think? I think it was Chase Young on the Redskins made a comment today that that the Ravens and and our performance against the Steelers opened the door for them to win and to uh, to beat the undefeated Steelers. Did you see that? I did. Um, what, what do you think I'll about be that? Honest, I don't. I don't doubt it. I haven't looked into it enough to try to figure out what he was talking about. Um, but I don't doubt it. I, I know that the the Redskins had a, or I guess the Washington Football Team, sorry, had a had a few extra days to prepare for the game while while the Steelers may have been a little bit short on rest. And I yeah. know that's been a big co- point of contention with them. So I'm not going to get into it. Um, but basically, Eric Ebron is a baby. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't doubt it. I, I think that the, Raven, the, the, the Ravens' defense played really well um, against the Steelers, and you know, I was hoping that would translate over to the Cowboys. Silver lining, game, silver lining to the loss. Maybe that it uh, at least led to a defeat to the Steelers later. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. There you go. <laughs> I guess. I'll take that. I don't. I yeah. don't know if I quite feel that way, but I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. If I have an answer for that next week, I'll I'll try to remember to bring it up. But your 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 next uh, breakdown, right? Yeah. Are we gonna yeah, see it? Maybe. I want. That's what I want to see. Watch All out right. on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? It's at it's so contagious. I T S S so O C. Whatever. <laughs> Let's try that. Whatever. Again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Here we go. At I T S. S-O-C-O-N-T-E-J-U-S is my handle. A uh, couple videos on there from the past two games. Please enjoy. Folks, check it out. Like it. Yep. Follow. Like, retweet, follow, all that. All right. You want to sign us off? Well, everybody, cross our fingers this week that we'll continue to, if it's brown, flush it down. Let's go. Ravens. Go Ravens.